This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys with us today on another fantastic wine week. Yeah, what are we doing, Josh? This week we are going to be entering the wonderful land of Washington red wines. Now, Dad, what are you going to be doing and what are your snacks? I've got Boom Boom Shiraz, and it's a Charles Smith winery, and I have smoked Gouda cheese. You kept talking about burnt ends last week, Josh, and so I just had to go find some, and I did, and then I got a three-meat pizza. Okay, so where are those burnt ends from? They're from Whole Hog, and we'll talk about them some more. Okay, great. And for me this week, I'm going to be doing the Canvas Back Cabernet Sauvignon from the Red Mountain subregion, or AVA. And then I have a red wine sous vide short rib. I have some blueberry goat cheese, and then I have a ice cream sandwich with a chocolate cookie and some vanilla ice cream. Fantastic. Yeah. I think we got some great snacks. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be lots of fun. So last week we entered into a another blind session, but this time you blinded. I blinded a liquor, Josh. You did blind a liquor. And what, what did you think it was? I said it was either a burgundy. No, not a burgundy. That's a that's a wine. <laughs> I either said it was brandy. <laughs> Or I I thought maybe it was Cabossier, because that's over there in my liquor cabinet. Or Cognac is what you... Cognac, yeah. Cabossier Cognac. So, was I close? Or was it rum? Or what was it? It was brandy. Awesome. Yeah, you got it right. So, way to go. On your first liquor blind, you ended up getting it absolutely correct. So I don't know how you tell the difference between the... Just the plain old brandy and then the cognac being from France. but Yeah, it'd be interesting to figure out how, you know, master blind tasters do that. Right. But, all right. Well, are you going to start us off? We got that melting ice cream. Yeah, I think we're going to start with mine first. So, once again, it was the Canvas Back Cabernet Sauvignon from Red Mountain um, ABA. And my snacks are I have a, a red wine sous vide short rib i have some blueberry goat cheese and then i have the wonderful uh ice cream sandwich over there all right well let's get into it all right like i said before my wine this week is the canvasback cabernet it's one of my favorite washington wines it's got a really interesting history and i'll kind of get into it but just so kind of everybody knows it's got a duck on the label it's named after the canvasback duck and one of the reasons it's like that is because this is from the Duckhorn family of wine. So the same same family, same group that does Duckhorn Merlot out in California. They do this up in Washington State. So what are you smelling as you initially get into it? Oh, I think I'm smelling like blackberries and currants and lots of dark uh, red fruit. And there's a great dark color. You can't see through it. But there is a little meniscus out to the edge. And, uh, you know, there's there's no bubbles other than when I shake it up a little bit. And the legs. The legs are good. Yeah, so what kind of fruits are you getting on it? Like Peace. I said, blackberry, currants. Yeah, it's very... Dark, it's, dark fruit. Yeah, it's very rich driven. I get a lot of blackberry on this one, too. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely kind of more black fruit driven, which you'd expect being a Cabernet. And we're drinking this out of our regular wine glasses. Yeah. 
And it just so happened that this, uh, our canvas back and our boom boom are both chill. Yeah, we got them at cellar temperature, which is, you know, 55 degrees. Well, mine, mine is chilled to 64. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and start eating. Uh-oh. I want you to, because, ta- <laughs> I mean, my ice cream is melting all over the place. So. Oh, it's getting on my pizza. What am I going to do? Eat it. So this is a very nice wine. Well, what made you think about the ice cream? Well, um, so I was thinking about what can I do for dessert, and I really like to have Cabernets with dessert. I wanted to do our local chocolate, a good dark chocolate ice cream that was from our local uh, ice cream shop here in town called La Boali, mm. but I just didn't have time to get out there today to to buy a pint of it. And so I start, and when I was looking at their menu, they do like in-house made ice cream sandwiches with mm. their stuff. So I started thinking, I was like, oh, what could I do? I was like, oh, if I did chocolate, because I know chocolate's going to go well with Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. I do a chocolate rather than just a chocolate chip cookie. I think it would work really well. It's melting. You better get with it. And so I got a good good bite of it. And you're right. That that chocolate and that, I guess it's vanilla ice cream. I mm-hmm. mean, it's white. It doesn't look like vanilla, vanilla bean because I couldn't see any vanilla beans in it but it's really good they go quite well with this wine so don't don't let now listeners (laughs) don't get mad or excited at us because we decided to do dessert first but what are you going to do it's uh, nearly 100 degrees outside probably feels like over 100 yeah and uh, the house is cooled off but we're sitting here with no air conditioning because we don't want the sound and we're chowing down on this ice cream, so we'll be back in a minute. Ooh, that wine's good, Josh. So where did you get those chocolate cookies? They're just store-made. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're store-bought cookies. They're the ones from Pepperidge Farm. Mm-hmm. They're just their chocolate, chocolate chip cookies. I was going to say I, that. Yeah, I knew like the, the dark chocolate piece would work well with uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Because it has that, it has a little bit of that bitterness to it, mm-hmm. and the fruit profile will really match the, it'll go well with the chocolate. Because I'm, you know, I kind of think about, you know, what goes well in general is going to go well in a wine pairing. So, Josh, is anybody looking? I might just look on my plate. <laughs> I don't think anybody's looking. You stop the video. So, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So that's kind of why I thought about that. I think it so one thing I was reading about that would go well with cabernets like this is is lavender. Oh yeah. I talk about Loblolly a lot, but they do a lavender a honey lavender ice cream, which I was once again I, I if I could have got it, that's kinda of what I would have put with it as the ice cream. You get that chocolate and that flavor to go really well with this wine. Mm-hmm. And the wine itself is pretty fruit forward, you know, but it's got a lot of good earthy undertones. The acid is a little bit high on it, so it kind of has that great little bumpy, mm-hmm. nice flavor that's going to go well with the ice cream and the cookies. Now, you don't normally chill a Cabernet Sauvignon down to cellar temperatures, but I think that does Nothing. that maybe that chill cause that fruit to be more forward than normal? No, that's just a product of most American wines 
are a little bit more fruit forward. Mm-hmm. It's younger. You know, this is a 2016 vintage, which it's got four and a half years on it, mm-hmm. which kind of gives it some of that bolstering. And it's kind of why it's a little bit softer uh-huh. and it's not really as, you know, bright and tannic. But I don't, I, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think anything tastes bad at cellar temperature. No. I think white wines taste fantastic at cellar temperature. Red wines take, taste great. And it's not that it's it's cold and it's hiding it's hiding temp, it's hiding flavors uh-huh. that happens like you know is the thing about ice cold really cheap beer was that right. so cold that you can't you can't taste things did you say Bud Light I did not say that brand <laughs> okay <laughs> I just said like some of those beers oh well, maybe you said ice wine <laughs> now ice wine I That's love different super yeah. cold. But that's, we'll have to do, we should do an episode on, mm. on ice wine. Oh, that'd be fun. I love ice wine. Mm, it's not my go-to, but yeah, we ought to do an episode on it. But that chocolate, that well, rich chocolate. Gone, but this chocolate is, <laughs> this mm-hmm. cookie is fantastic. And it's not like super bitter. Mm. Like if we would have just done bitter chocolate, bittersweet chocolate. Right. So the sweetness there kind of helps, helps the wine. You know, it balances with the wine quite well because the bitterness doesn't the bitterness gives it some bottom note to where the wine just doesn't run away and go super bitter. Right. Now remind us what cheese we have. It's like a is that a blueberry? So it's a blueberry goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a goat cheese. Oh that, goat cheese is back. Goat cheese is always back. <laughs> but once again, so the same thing with the goat cheese is that acid and fruit play. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna kinda match up with the wine. Now, so are we going to do that before we do the do, uh, let's be honest at this point, you can go whichever way you want. Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking I worked my way back up to the cheese. Yeah. But I don't think I'm going to save that meat for. Yeah. Maybe it's like dessert. So as you're kind of as you're tasting through, I'm going to talk about. Talk about the wine a little bit. OK, so this um, canvas back is only been around since 2000. I think their first vintage was 2014. Oh, okay. So, like I said, this is duck from the Duckhorn Group, mm-hmm. and in the uh, 2010s, they started tasting some of these Cabernets that were coming out of this area, Walla, the Walla Walla area, mm-hmm. which is kind of down southeast mm-hmm. in Washington State, and they were t- tasting them blind against California Cabernets, and they were very surprised at the quality that was coming mm-hmm. out of it. And they were shocked, so they're like, "Oh man, we gotta, we gotta get up there. We gotta start finding our place and and get a foothold up there because we can make great wine up there." Well, here's a footnote, Josh. In 1999, while on a road trip to Walla Walla, Charles Smith, yeah, met a winemaker. So I wonder if he met Canvasback. No, they weren't up there till 2000, 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, 2011 is when they started kind of making it up oh, there. Oh, okay. So I wonder who he met in 1999. But, I mean, they made they were they may have been tasting some of the stuff that was coming out from Charles Smith and other places like Le Ecole, well, Hedges. He hadn't, he hadn't started yet. It was Charles Smith who met a winemaker from Walla Walla. Right. So they so they start like doing these tasting, you know, they're to blind tasting, they realize this is going to be a great area. Mm-hmm. Well, they get up to Walla Walla and they find this this little area mm-hmm. 
that had had its AVA for only like 10 years. And AVA is American Viticulture Area. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's America's version of the AOCs or AOPs okay. or DOCGs. It's kind of, it's our, it's our version of that. It's, you know, it's kind of, it has specific laws going around it and it has to be done in certain ways. And that area was called Red Mountain. And this, it's a very special place in Washington. It actually grows both white and red grapes. Oh, okay. But it's really known for a lot of good reds. Mm-hmm. People had been doing it for a long, long time. So they, they got a foothold up there. They started a couple a couple vineyards about in 2000, about 2014, as well as they were, you know, making those relationships to start buying some fruit from producers. And it just took off. I think the first time I had this was probably 2015. Like it's, it's very, very new to the market. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. their current vintage is their 2018 vintage. Mm-hmm. So they've only had four, they've only put four vintages to market. Oh, okay. They also do a Syrah and a Riesling that are both from Walla Walla as well. And then they do some single vineyard site stuff off of Red Mountain. But it's, it's, it's super good. How's it going with the cheese? I want to get into it. Well, you know, you know, with a goat cheese, you're going to get that acid. But what happened, because it has the blueberries wrapped around the goat cheese, the blueberries counteracted the acid, and the blueberries seemed to meld with the wine very well. And then I got kind of that acid kick mm-hmm. that made me go, oh yeah, there's there's goat cheese acid here. Yeah. But. That's a good parrot. I'm going to, here we go. <laughs> this is one of those days again. Struggle on play. Well, I'm just going to pick the cookie right now. Wine's always, <laughs> I'm, you know, wine's my easiest forte for me to pick up, to pair, because I've done it for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of know what works well together. Well, this works well. Yeah. Yeah, that, the cheese really kind of softens the wine a little bit, kind of covers up some of those tannins mm-hmm. that are there. But it shows um because there's a lot of that fruitness fruitiness on there, it kind of highlights a little bit some of those undertones. You kinda mm-hmm. get some of that little the earthy backbone, some mm-hmm. of that dusty road, the kind of crushed rock that's in it. Like limestone, whatever. But it, alluvian, kind of yeah, alluvian thing. It's a area. bunch of different soils. Right. Now what's the A B V of this wine? I would guess thirteen and a half. I would guess fourteen. Fourteen and a half. Right. But it's really well balanced. The alcohol doesn't just kind of shine through. Okay, fourteen and a half. Yeah. It um, it comes really ripe. So this is grown up at about a thousand thousand foot elevation. Oh, okay. So they get they get in like good warm spells and cool spells. Mm-hmm. You know, they get that big what's called the diurnal swing, the difference between night and day when it comes to temperatures. Right. You know, it goes thirty forty degrees up there sometimes. So it can be up in the nineties during the day, but then get down into the fifties at night. Okay. So that's a that's a good thing for grapes because that's what allows them to build a lot of those acid, kind of its acid characteristic right. and not just be too hot and just develop sugars. So what are you what are you thinking so far? I'm loving this wine. I, you know we've had this before. Oh yeah. I love and it. And it's and I'm looking very forward to the to the sous vide. <laughs> the short the rib. short ribs. Yeah, cuz I know well, both of these wines, they're going to go well with meat. Mm-hmm. And both of us put cheese 
to kind of, you know, maybe help her palate or whatever. But, you know, you could just have a big old robust steak and sit down with either one of these wines. Yeah, you could. I wouldn't do something that's super fatty. Like if you if you are gonna go to steak, this this is a great steak wine. It is a great meat mm-hmm. wine, but I wouldn't go to something that's got a whole bunch of fat, like a ribeye or oh, okay. something like that, because you want you want tannin to cut to counteract that the fat of the meat. Well, I'm not I'm not getting a whole lot of tannins. Are you? No, I'm not. No, and that's why one of the reasons I pick short ribs. With this short ribs mm-hmm. have a good fat cap. But when you cook them like this, a lot of that fat renders out, uh-huh. and that connective tissue starts to break down, which gives it kind of that braise-like, right. braise-like tendency. So a thing about this wine, and American wine in general, is especially in kind of these regions, you know, it only has to be seventy-five percent of the main varietal for that varietal to be on the label. Oh, okay. So this is actually a Bordeaux blend. Okay. So it has, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Movedra, Petit Verdot, and Syrah. So it's not quite a Bordeaux blend, but it is a blend. Now that Syrah makes it not the Bordeaux blend. And the Movedra. And the Movedra. Okay. Yeah. Because it's um, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cab Franc, Merlot, Petit Verdot, and Malbec mm-hmm. are the Bordeaux five. But they use all the stuff that's grown up there to kind of balance it out. And you get that kind of Bordeaux style. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and the percentages of the last three aren't very high Mm. you know they're really there for some acid some color Mm -hmm. kind of stuff it's not really there is some taste involved with it but a lot of it just gives it just a little bit of underbelly and undertone to it okay but this is a this is a delicious wine and you know they're very they're very good about the land up there when it comes to canvas back they've actually started a couple vineyards of their own mm-hmm. in the red mountain area and they're like a, i think uh two years ago i think 2018 was the first vintage that they did their own from this special little gap called like the the duckhorn gap or the canvas back gap i think is what it's called now there's a lot of there's a lot of fat in this piece of the short rib that i got but make sure you get in the top piece not the back well, i got the bottom Right. I wanted some of that fat. I wanted to see how it'd go with the wine. And the wine pretty much stands up to it. Mm-hmm. I'm still eating the cheese because it's <laughs> so good. So I did these short ribs differently than I've ever done them. Oh, really? Yeah. So I tried to do a faux braise, which, you know, sous vide, you can get this braise-like texture where it kind of falls apart and all that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't get that, like, just taste it tastes different than when like when you braise them in red wine you know they don't have that time to really soak in and get all mm-hmm. that flavor so what i did was i took a whole bottle of red wine a whole bottle a whole bottle of kind of a cheaper red wine oh not this canvas bag no of course not well no, the no. price point on the canvas bag is 42 dollars. <laughs> but if you get it on wine wednesday or whatever day there might be and you get 20 percent off now you're down in the 35 36 range but yeah you wouldn't <laughs> you're you're not going to use that wine to <laughs> render it out right and so what i did was i i put some a bunch of rosemary a bunch of thyme some cloves of garlic some sage leaves and some onion and put it in there and then i rendered it down mm-hmm. until 
I burned that whole bottle down until I had about a half a cup. Whoa. Yeah, like it went, it went way down. Because you can't have a whole lot of liquid when you sous vide something mm. to vacuum, because you have to vacuum seal it. So right. I got enough that kind of covered them just a little, you know, kind of got them coated, vacuum sealed it, and then 150 for 20, whoa, 28 hours. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So if you guys follow me on the, on Instagram, I posted kind of a little bit of this, of prepping for this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was down for about, about 20, 26 hours, I think. And that was what kind of gets it to this con- consistency that it's almost kind of like steak. Like it's just barely holding together. Mm. It's almost like that pork belly. Oh my gosh. So good. It's really good. And then I see, obviously, then I seared it off. I seared the fat cap off real quick. Mm. Mm. It's like melt in your mouth. Good. Now, where did you get this? Mm. Does hams have it or grocery store? Short ribs? Yeah. I got them at Kroger's. Fresh Market. Oh, okay. Yeah, Fresh Market has had these really big ones. Now they're in about a six to eight, six to eight ninety nine a pound, mm-hmm. depending on when you catch it. But to me, they're worth it because they. When you catch it, yeah, it's and on especially sale. when especially when you get kind of these big ones like I've got, you yeah. know, these are almost like the restaurant sized ones that you get. That's right. So you, and then I call them dinosaur bombs. <laughs> yeah, you treat them right, and they they taste you right. so good. Now I see chips over there in a bowl. I'm trying to understand. Did I miss something? No, you didn't miss anything. So right now, as we're recording this, Hurricane Ida is hitting New Orleans. Oh, it is right now? Yeah. It's been going through. I knew through. it made landfall. Yeah, it's been going through since this morning. And Katrina, exactly 16 years ago. We had, Jordan and I have a good friend, Kyle Pounders, who runs the um, Excalibur food truck here in town. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. One of the things he does is he works with World Central Kitchen mm-hmm. and goes, rides out hurricanes, and then they have food trucks. You know, they take a food truck down, they ride through the hurricane, and then they're in the city for when for when people need fed. Mm-hmm. And they just cook meals and give them away. Mm. They also help, sometimes they'll help with disaster relief, you know, mm-hmm. moving mm-hmm. stuff out of the way. And so he's down there. Now, these chips are voodoo chips. They're from Zaps, which is a New Orleans brand. That's right. Yeah. And they're really good. So I just thought it would be like kind of a little thing to to be with our, you know, Brothers and sisters in New Orleans that are going going through this cane, well, or Jor- hopefully a lot of got Jordan out. Jordan has a brother down there, right? Yeah, we think we think he evacuated. I don't think he's riding it out. Oh, okay. Well, I hope so. Man, this pork is. Because he was, he lives right in the city. Uh, he's moved out since, but okay. But man, this this short rib is so good. It tastes like it honestly tastes like steak. Like it's got that same kind of consistency, but once you bite it. Like when you're cutting it, you have that steak like, but once you cut it, it just like falls apart. All that collagen and everything is broken down. Oh, man. I love so well. chips, too. It works so well with the wine. Just that like that earthiness, the beefiness of the beef and that little bit of fat that you have that's left in it. Mm-hmm. Just works so well with the wine and the flavors. And it just it matches up to me just perfectly. Well, the spiciness of the chips, how how do you think that went? Have you had the chips yet? I have not. I'm, I've been talking and I'm so going after the So the spiciness of the chips might go better with the Shiraz. 
Well, and I didn't really bring it as a pairing. I know. Per se. No, it's a shout out. But we're sitting here eating it, and we're going to compare it. And so, pair that with the with the short rib. Because the short rib doesn't have a whole lot of spice to it, other than that that uh, earthy crust that you created when you put it in the pan. Right. But the saltiness and the spice of the chip kind of puts it all together. Really? You ought to try it. I'm going to. I just want to get into Are you still working on more cheese? No, I'm eating this short rib Hmm. because it's so dang good but so you know we talked about are you going to talk about does your does your wine come from walla walla or is it just no considered okay it's just part of his story okay so walla walla is one of those regions in washington that is like epic Mm -hmm. you know a lot of great wine that's from washington comes from walla walla Mm mm-hmm now, you guys drove through Walla Walla, didn't you? I think so. Because you guys went along the Snake River, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you followed it west mm-hmm. from Idaho to, w- along the Columbia River. Yes. Right. So you, if you were on the Washington side, you probably drove through Walla Walla because that's where, that's where the Walla Walla Valley is. Well, I think we were on the Oregon side okay. of the Columbia River. So then Actually. you were in the Columbia Valley, right? Which I think they call it that on both sides, but both sides of the river have have wine regions, right? Well, you're starting to get close to Willamette Valley too. Yeah, on about the what, two. Side. It's about two hours, mm-hmm. about two and a half hours away. Red Mountain's a three and a half hour drive from Seattle. Mm-hmm. So Marie and I never got down there. It's just a little too far to drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Mm. I don't know. It's both very good wine. Yeah. It goes really, really well. Really, really well with that steak. I mean, like we talked about, you know, this wine is kind of built for, like, it, it's going to go well with any meat you put at it. Any meat you put with it? Yeah, I think it could even, you know, stick up to tuna or swordfish or salmon. Yeah, I think so. And if you like it, it'll go with whatever you want to eat with it. Oh, I stand corrected, Josh. What? Charles Smith is in Walla Walla. Okay. Yeah, so Charles, yeah. I knew Charles Smith was there. I wasn't sure, but the Syrah probably picks from outside of Walla Walla yeah. as well because it's just labeled as Washington State. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, really good. So any other, any other questions or anything about this one before we switch on up? Well, we both had the canvas back, and it's really a good wine. And you said, what else do they make? They make a white. They make a Riesling. A Riesling. They do a Syrah. Okay. They do a Rosé. And they also do a Cabernet Franc. It's kind of like a whole episode right there. (laughs) Or two or three. Yeah, it could be. But I think in Arkansas, we can only get, we only get this, the Cabernet. Oh, I don't think we get any of the other ones in Arkansas. I was going to say, I haven't seen any of those others. Come on, Arkansas. What are you doing to us? I don't think that's Arkansas. No, it's not Arkansas. That's it's not a distributor. Thing. I don't think it's a distributor thing either. You don't I think, think it's so? a wine drinker thing. What well, could be? I don't think there's enough people that are going to buy a $55 bottle of Syrah mm. from Washington or a 
$28 bottle of Riesling. Well, there's going to be more that are going to buy a $28 bottle of Riesling. Well, that would be different. Yeah. So it's a, I think it's more of a kind of the palate of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Like we would buy it, but I don't think that's enough for them to bring in a palate right. <laughs> of it. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's how this all works. All right. Well, I think we're switching over. All right, let's switch over. So remind us what your wine is and well, what your it, pairings are. Yeah, it's the Boom Boom Shiraz from Charles Smith. And I have smoked Gouda. And I wanted to have, you know, I could have had an all-meat tray. I mean, yeah. it had been really easy to do. Yep. But I thought, well, let's, let's get some smoke in there. Well, this cheese that I got, not really that smoky. I'm going to have to start smoking my own. <laughs> yep. But... You know, it's a Gouda. And then I had to have burn-ins. Last week's episode, Josh kept saying, burn-ins, burn-in, burn-ins. Oh, faux bone-ins, burn-ins with the pork belly. I think oh. I may have said it only three three or four times. That wasn't just describing my plate. Anyway, so I went to Whole Hog, which is, uh, I think they have maybe four locations now. I think they have eight. Okay, I've not They've got really- a lot. There's some in Conway and Bryant. That's right. Okay. Maybe there are eight. And so they, I know they have burn-ins till they run out. Yeah. Well, I got there straight after church today. And then I have a three meat pizza. So part of the reason to pick, you heard why I picked the burn-ins because that's Josh kept saying it last week and I kept, my mouth kept watering. And then the reason I picked pizza because Dave, on the boys' episode of okay. soccer, yeah, who loves the Nagarni, and you know some of his mates were kicking him around about that. And when he told rightly his so. alcohol story, yeah, Stephen, yeah, but we were rightly so making fun of him for his Nagarni. Well, yeah, it was. What do you guys call it? Uh, gone wrong. A uh, boulevardier. Boulevardier Weird. gone wrong. Okay. Well. Hey, man, Dave, you kicked me around. We're kicking you around today. So there you have it. But anyway, he kept saying in his alcohol story how that you and he went out and got a pizza. And when he, you got the pizza, I, don't, I think you picked the wine and it was a Shiraz. And when he tasted it, it was like, oh, yeah. this is good. Yeah, it was. Um, I actually didn't pick it. That was. Um, Back when I was still learning, that was Jimmy Hamilton that picked that. Oh, okay. Yeah. At, his, at it wasn't Colonial. the Boom Boom, was it? No, it was the Lovegrass Syrah from Australia. Oh, that That's really a good one, too. Yeah, it is. So, you can do them in any order, but the order I plan to do them in, Gouda, and then this pizza, mm-hmm. it has cheese in the crust. Oh, so it's a stuffed crust pizza. So, it's a stuffed crust pizza. Oh. It has three meat. Pepperoni, sausage, mm, hamburger maybe. I'm not real sure. And then the burn-in. Okay. So you also have some barbecue sauces. What What are the numbers? I can never remember. Okay. Which or which? So Whole Hog has a six-pack of sauces that will be on the table. And then they have number seven, which they call Volcano. And you have to go back and ask for that one. But I have a number one, which is really a, it's like a Kansas City 
masterpiece style sweet type okay and then number three is what i also got which is the spicy not okay. the volcano but it's kind of the kicked up spot so we have a number one we have number one and number three that's right okay cool and whether you need them or not i don't know so like i already said about charles smith he's an interesting dude yeah. if you go <laughs> if you go to the website it's a huh? it's an out there website it's an out there website. Well, if you go to the website, you'll see him standing in the the keg room. He's got his hands folded, and he's got that rock star hair comes down to his shoulders. Well, there's a reason for that. Even though he was born in Napa Valley. He went to Europe, and that's when he figured out wine, but that's when he also figured out that he liked rock bands, including the famed, and I don't know who these guys, because I'm not Danish, the Danish duo Revenetters. The Revenetters? Uh-huh. Well, I don't know who they are. Yeah. It was the, the whining and dining of the rock and roll life that made him think about great wine. And as I said earlier... In 1999, he went to Walla Walla on a road trip. So, at the very top of the page, it it says, "A man in a van." Yeah. So we're we're in that we're not in that 70s show, right? Where the van have the van, but I guess in the 90s, a lot of people had vans too. Yeah. And so he different was, types, different type of van. Well, yeah. There were the the Astra Stars or those type. Right. Paint them. Right. And so he was on this road trip, and that's that's when he met somebody that was a, you know, a wine guy, and said, "Hmm, you you need to start a winery." And so he did. Yeah. That's just kind of the his history. Yeah, and they have some of those like kind of rock style rock style wines. They're really good, but they have a you know Velvet Devil, Kung Fu Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Velvet Devils, the Merlot, the Kung Fu Girls, the Riesling. Hung Fu Girl. Huh? Hung. Hung H-U- Fu. H-U-N-G Fu. Yeah. The, Hung the Velvet Fu- Devil, Band of Roses, the Boom Boom, and the Chartello Smith, and then something called Eve. They also do a line of higher-end Syrahs called K. Mm-hmm. The K, K mm-hmm. Syrah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. nice little play on words there. But those are like the single vineyard. I mean, they're like 80, you know, they're that 55, $80 bottle, mm-hmm. but they're really good. They're really good. Well, they'd have to be. So, you know, he was on this road trip in 1999 and in 2001, he released 330 cases of his first vintage. And then eight years later, he was named winemaker of the year. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, do not confuse him with Charles Shaw. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big... The two-buck chuck. That is that is a big difference. Now, what is a two-buck chuck now? About six bucks. Charles Shaw is two ninety nine. Oh, okay. It's Three still bucks. about two bucks. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> they still make two-buck chuck, and it's... It's two-buck chuck. It is $2 wine all day long. So this is one of those wines. Sarostomir, like, they can get to where they smell purple. You know, I've talked about it before. Uh-huh. This wine has that deep violet color, like it really, really inky, 
good extraction, like stains the tears a little bit, but it's, it's so violet. It's, you know, dark fruit. To me, this is one that smells purple. Kind of like when I smell it, I think the color purple. Which sure looks purple. Yeah. And it's good. It's got good structure on it. Yeah. Is there any green out to the edge where we're seeing a... No. No. (laughs) Never mind. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong wrong type of wine. Mm. But this has that that feel of a nice, easy, good drinking Syrah. You know, it's very fruit forward. There's not a whole bunch of acid or tannins on it. I mean, I haven't ripped it through my teeth yet to figure that out, but just it's easy drinking. Like, it's good. What did you say, 14.5%? Yes, 14.5%, just same as yours. And it's 96% Shiraz. Yeah. Does it say what the other stuff is? Yeah, 3% Vognier. Viognier. V-I-G-O-N-E-R-E. Oh, see, I can't speak Italian. (laughs) That's French. I are French. Viognier is actually a white grape. And then 1% Grenache. I mean, why'd they throw 1% in there? That's because it's some... It'll some, give it some, some um, body. Yeah. And that's actually a kind of a style that you're going to, f- that's based off of Rhone. So Rhone, like Chateau Neuf de Pop, which you like. Oh, I love it. You know, some of the 13 allowed grapes in, in a Chateau Neuf de Pop are white. Okay. Viognier is one of them. Viognier is probably also adding some of that florality to it. Because mm-hmm. Viognier is very, is a very flower, flower heavy wine. So what do you get on the nose? Like I said, violets, dark fruit, purple. Like there's, I don't get a whole lot of earthiness on it, and it's all it's all basically the same on the palate. I kind of get some of that wet leather, okay, and maybe I get the pepper, but it's not real distinct, so I don't think it's like black pepper, okay, but it's like white pepper, okay, or like, so it's not like. No, it's not a green pepper. It's not a green pepper or anything like that. Anything no, like that? No. No. Have you tried the cheese with it? I have. The cheese is good. Like you said, the cheese doesn't have a whole lot of smoke to it. Mm-mm. But it's real velvety texture-wise. Yeah. More than anything, it's, it's just the texture. And it has that good, like, little smoky goodness to it. But it shows off shows off some of the undertones of the wine. Mm-hmm. Shows off some of that kind of the acidiness. Some of that earthy, that kind of leatheriness that you were talking about. Do you get any vanilla? Like, because it is, it's been put in oak. Right. I don't. I don't either. It, but it's soft. It's got to be there. It's soft, so that's kind of, I can see that it's oak mm-hmm. there. It's not really hard lines. You know, Syrah can be really big in your face. So a lot of times you got to kind of calm it down with some oak. And maybe, you know, some of that roundness and... It's hiding some of that. I'm also kind of congested. Yeah. It's that time so of year I'm, for you. I'm having a little bit of a hard time getting in there and really getting down down deep in in the smells. So I'm getting kind of a top top couple layers of it. Well and Do you smell any like vanilla or any kind of baking spices or taste? I don't it? I don't get vanilla either. And really I hadn't looked for baking spices, but I don't think so. So what would be a long maceration? He says it has long maceration of thirty days or more. That's right pretty. Terrible. That's that's pretty long. I think so. That's pretty long, and that's you know getting some of that extra extraction and getting that you know depending on the the type of the type of grape and the type of wine you're going for, you know maceration can you know last from a week to 
how long you really want it to. It says 30 days. And then it, it goes to the barrel dirty. Yeah. It's not. Um, so that means it's um, not filtered. gross leaves. Yep. It's, they don't filter out those leaves. And that is also something that's going to give it some of that roundness and some of that texture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like it. Well, I'm going to go try some of this pizza. What type of, I know I caught you mid-bite, but what type of oak did it say it was in? American white oak. Let's try that again without food. <laughs> American white oak. Okay. So, American American oak gives off different notes than French oak. Mm-hmm. American oak will give vanilla, mm-hmm. coconut, and mm-hmm. dill. Those are kind of main things that will come out. The baking spices are a lot lighter. Whereas French oak is more your traditional vanilla, nutmeg, baking spices, those allspice, those types of things. So now that you say it's American oak and I like, I'm looking for it. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of coconut. I'm you getting some it. like a little bit of coconutiness. Okay. It's way way back there. Oh, I'd say. Unlike in some wines where it can be really really upfront, like some Spanish wines because they use American oak mm-hmm. can just have like it'll smell like a pickle well, sometimes. Okay. What do you think of the of the bottle art? I love their bottle art. The bottle art is is great. So what we're talking about, if you look at the bottle, and there'll be a picture on Instagram, but it's that it's that old style um, bomb, if you will. Cartoon. It's like a cartoon style bomb. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like Rocky the Flying Squirrel and the Russian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle and the Rocky. Rocky and Bullwinkle, yep. Yeah, that style of bomb, and then it says boom, boom. It's very distinct. Well, both of these bottles are very distinct. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking in the in their liquor store, you're looking for that bomb, you're going to find it. Of course, yeah. you're going to go to the Washington State area. Right, or just where they keep the Syrahs. Right. And the person that does the art, I apologize to her right up front. Karik Kara, K I, oh, excuse me, R I K K E, or Ricky, R I K K E. Maybe it's Rick. Yeah, maybe it is Rick. Could be Ricky. Kara, K O R F F. And he's, she's known him for 17 years, met him in Denmark. Yeah. So I don't know if she's part of the band or part of the groupie of the band or whatever, but she does the bottle art. So much of the thing about wines and beers is their art. And so this is really, you know, really interesting. So what have you tried over there? So I'm eating on the pizza. It's a good pizza. And I mean, I've I've said this before. Syrahs are my favorite pizza wines. Mm -hmm. You know, really kind of these easy drinking, not super high in Syrahs. Like I wouldn't, I mean, I'd drink a Cote Roti with some pizza but it's not like what i'm gonna go pull but it works really well because that fruiting that earthiness kind of match the everything that's going on with the pizza you know that kind of crispiness the the yeastiness of the crust and that light spice of the pepperoni and the Mm -hmm. italian sausage on there works really well what about you what do you think of it oh i i thought it's good too i hadn't tried all that cheese in that crust have you Mm mm-hmm so I'm gonna have to do that, but like you said, a straw is really a good piece of wine. It really is. I mean, you know, they're they're not 
a lot of times these easy drinking ones, like this is good. It's it's got depth to it. What was the price point on it? Uh twenty twenty three dollars. Okay. So I mean everything's moving everything's moving up in price, so you know, this is a I would definitely pull this for a Well, this is twenty dollars cheaper than yours. It is. But what I'm saying is, you know, five, ten years ago I'd say, you know, find a fifteen dollar and under Syrah all not, all day long when you're having a pizza. Mm-hmm. But now it's, you know, about a twenty five dollar bottle. Mm-hmm. And but this is definitely one that I would pull. I'd pull down and I'd be super happy with it, drinking a little bit while my pizza's making or while it's being delivered. And it's going to go well with almost any type of pizza you throw at it. That's right. You know, it's got enough body. It's got enough fruit on it. It's got a little bit of acid to kind of kind of bolster it around so that it can, it can hold up to what you're going to throw at it. So do you know where the name Boom Boom came from? No, I do not. Well, I didn't either until I read this. So it's a tribute to Charles's first lost love. Okay. A woman named Boom Boom O'Brien. <laughs> so, uh, there's got to be a big story backstory in there, but it's I'm not sure. written here. <laughs> Have to go to the winery. Have to go to the winery and wah wah and see if they'll tell the story. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Have you tried the burn ends yet? No. I'm just, I'm just about to. I'm making sure I get the right sauce. Okay. Because I don't want to, I don't want to burn myself. You want number one. Well, I mean, look at this, Dad. Does that look like a one in any way, shape, or form to you? Well, they squiggled it. So, <laughs> that's why I was just tasting it. Just to make sure. The threes are clear. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, burnt ends. For those of you who may have never had burnt ends or have, have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to burnt ends. Burnt ends are beef. It is a barbecue of brisket that's right that they they'll cut part of it off cube it up and then continue to smoke it even more than the brisket so when you trim the brisket you got this big huge hunk of meat and you got a lot of hard fat on it and that hard fat does nothing well for the meat yeah i mean it's hard the super hard fat yeah. yeah so you're cutting all that off and so then you end up with what looks like a layer of, and they call it the back, and it's maybe an inch thick, laying on top of this bigger piece, which is called the point. Yeah, you have a flat and a point. You have two pieces. That's right. And so you, you cut right down, and there's a, a fat line between the, the point and, and the back. Or the flat. Mm -hmm. And you cut right down through there. You cut back that fatty. Okay. And now you put that on your smoker. And you smoke it. You get it up to about 160 or so degrees. And then the best way to do it is you wrap it up. Because you want to save all those juices. Because this is like meat candy. Yeah. Brisket Brisket takes... 12 to 20 hours. Yeah, but the yeah, this other piece doesn't. So, you get it up to 160 degrees. You wrap it up in that, like, butcher paper. You put it back on there until it gets, like, to 190. 
and then you take it off and then you cut it up into like one inch squares you put it back in your pan and you put it in like one of those metal pan and you put some put your barbecue sauce on it maybe you put some uh, brown sugar on it maybe you put some more salt and pepper on it and you put it back on that smoker and then let it render out you come back and you've got meat candy yeah and so it's a it's a barbecue technique of beef you know kansas city is one of the places it's mm-hmm. known it's known to do burn-ins and they're very they're very labor intensive but it's also a lot of times this comes from that if you've ever seen a full brisket like dad was talking about there's there's two distinct cuts of it mm-hmm. the flat and the point and the point literally comes to a point mm-hmm. in the back of it and most of the time you know we're used to people are used to slice brisket mm-hmm. you cannot slice that point Mm-mm. that big back part of the point that's where these come from so they cube them up they continue to cook them down farther than the, the actual brisket takes and it just melts kind of melts in your mouth how does it go with the wine so it goes really well you know it it has a good it has a good amount of spice to it you know the the beefy earthiness goes really well with the the fruit the validiness of the wine mm-hmm. i mean they just they work really well together did you try it with the sauce? I did. I used the number, I used the Kansas City style sauce, which is a little bit more sweeter and gives some, gives some of that, gives some of that to the wine where it's lacking. Second pour. It's wine. We always do second pour. <laughs> this is the, this is, this is my, this is my fun week. I love, I love wine week. Not that I don't like beer or liquor weeks or cocktails, but this is my jam. Yeah. So which sauce are you using? The number three. So that's the the sweet heat, mm-hmm. or just the spicy one. Sweet heat. The sweet heat. Mm. I mean, there's something about burnt ends. If you like smoked meat, or if you like brisket, and you've never had burnt ends, you need to run, don't walk, mm. to, <laughs> to your barbecue shop. Find out when they do burnt ends, because most places don't do them every day. That's right. And... They don't make a lot of them because it's a byproduct of cooking brisket. Mm-hmm. And find out when they do and get you some. Now, Gates, I've never had Gates burnt ends. Does Gates do burnt ends? Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just never, I'm always just focused on their ribs. And they seem to be more burnt. <laughs> they render them further than these were. Instead of it being. Well, this uh, is an Arkansas place, so. Well, true. Not a true Kansas City. Well, do you remember a special story about whole hog? I don't think so. Yeah, you do. It's just I didn't give you enough cut line to figure it out. Well, is it the time that we bought the whole hog for mom's mom's retirement party? Bingo. That's it. Okay. How many years ago was that? I don't ask those questions. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I mean, either. when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably two thousand four. 2003, 2000, no, 2008, somewhere in there, 2008, 2009, no, not in 2009, 2007, 2008, around in there, because it was after I went to Italy, that was the fall of 07, mm-hmm. so it must have been 08, and so we got the whole hog, maybe even earlier, it might have been 06, I don't know, can't remember how many pounds it was, small, it, it was a small, it was a small one, it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big boy, mm-hmm. so we only had like 50 people. 
But we did put you did put have them put two extra butts in it. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so much food. And then you cut it. I cut it and pulled it and passed, picked and pulled it and passed it out. It was, it was a great party. That was some good eats. Ooh. Yeah. Before I, it was before I could drink. It had to have been, it had to have been like 06, 06, 07. Okay. Because I um. couldn't drink. I was still working at William Sonoma. Hmm. So I remember I borrowed their coffee percolator. Hmm. Didn't have all the pieces. Because oh. you, you, you know, you did a Hawaiian luau and you had mm-hmm. Kona coffee. Mm-hmm. But I did I'd never made coffee in one of those things before, so I wasn't sure, and I was missing pieces of it. So. Right, that's a good part. Yeah. So how? Do, so tell me about what you think. How that pairing is? Because you, you talked about the burn-ins being very different than Kansas City style burn-ins, but you haven't actually talked about the pairing. I think it's a good pairing. It might be my best on plate. I hadn't really decided yet. Now that spicy sauce. Kicks it up too much. Kicks the burn ends up mm-hmm. too much? Okay. So the back of my throat's just <laughs> going. On fire. Mm-hmm. But a Shiraz and a, a burn in is really good. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, I think beef, beef in general, is going to go really well with either of these wines. And I really, I really like that neither of us did a steak. Like a traditional steak. Mm-hmm. You know what I think would be good with this? A... Um, Either wine or just this wine? Either wine. But probably more this one just be based on price point. Mm-hmm. A, um, like, corned beef. Ooh, yeah. I think corned beef would go really well with this. Or, like, a pastrami sandwich. Mm-hmm. Would go really well. That pepperiness. Mm-hmm. Plus the deep, the deep meat, meaty flavor of pastrami. Mm-hmm. Or even, even maybe a Reuben. Really? You're, you're a Reuben eater. What do you think? I think it would. Now that, you know, the Thousand Island dressing, I don't know. Right. So what are some other pairings you've thought about with my wine? What are some other things if people are thinking, when you were drinking my wine, did anything else come to mind? Well, like you said, I think a a tuna as far as a fish. Mm -hmm. I can't think of any other of the other fishes that would really go with it. But that tuna's... Almost like a steak. Yeah. So I think it would go well. Pork, you know, pork chops, steak. Now, I'm not sure why we're always going to the to the meat side. I think a good, like, mushroom dish, though, would be good. Well, with I was of thinking of, of, of the big portabella, like a big portabella sandwich. Uh-huh. And, and that one. Yeah. I think a mushroom risotto. Yeah. Would go with either one of these, have that mm-hmm. good earthiness that mm-hmm. these wines are a little bit lacking in the earth department. Yeah. I think it would go well. Ratatouille. That could go. All right. Well, anything else you want to tell us about your wine before well, we head I, toward the blind? I just, you know, I really like this wine. So have did you guys didn't wine taste when you were going through I'm gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have to go see this Charles Smith winery. Yeah. Rockstar winemaker Charles Smith. <laughs> just have to start <laughs> yeah. have to start planning your next Tesla road trip. Yeah. Not about a Tesla road trip, but a road trip. Well, anything else before we head into the blind? No, I think we're we gotta do best on plate. Oh, that's right. So let's go ahead and into it. So you're up first. 
I'm up first. My plate. Your plate. Best on plate. Best on plate for your plate. Short ribs. Short ribs, okay. Yeah. But, you know, and you said it wasn't pairing. Right. Those chips. <laughs> Voodoo chips go great with, <laughs> with like, almost Zaps anything. chips. I mean, first time I ever had Zaps chips. I don't remember exactly. I think I was in Colorado. And one of my friends, uh, Ron Sawyer, he brought these chips in and he said, be careful. These are spicy. <laughs> yeah. And we both loved them. Oh, yeah. And see, that's what but I... But he would break out in a sweat. <laughs> for voodoo chips? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> see, I thought they were spicy. Now, they they do make a voodoo heat. Yeah. That is a super spicy chip. Also, I've heard they're, they have like a jalapeno chip. Mm. They do a jalapeno kettle chip that's supposed to be really spicy, too. But these are more vinegary, yeah, than spicy. So what about what about you on your plate? So since I mean I agree with you, I think the short rib was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I think that mm-hmm. chocolate, that ice cream, that chocolate ice cream cookie sandwich. I think it might so have been good. better if it hadn't melted. If it, yeah, if I would have had time, if I would have thought of it earlier, and I would have made them and refroze them to where exactly. they would have been really hard, like an ice cream sandwich usually is. Right. I really think it would have been great, but that chocolate just played so well with the, the characteristics of it the really wine. Did. And that the vanilla, I really wish I I do. I think I am going to figure out a way to do it and try it with the honey lavender mm. from Labuale because I think that's going to go well because. There's a little bit of that flavor in the wine. I think it's just going to go super well. So that was your best on plate, the ice yep. cream? So, so that was mine. What about you for yours? What was your best on plate for your pairings? Burn ends. Okay. Burn ends. Of course, I've been thinking about it for a week. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, these. where else can we get burn ends in Little Rock? I don't know. I think Dickies does them. Oh, they did come up. I think Dickies does them. And they're Texas, so they may do them a little bit better than Whole Hog. Better? Well, Texas is Texas and brisket. Could be. Could be. But yeah, there was something about them. They were a little stringy. These? Mm-hmm. The burnt ends. And they, I mean, it worked well, but I, for me, it was the pizza. Yeah. I mean, this style of Syrah. All right, Dave. This you're easy, up. This easy drinking Syrah. That I think it's just phenomenal with air. Mm-hmm. I, there's something, about, and it may just be my history with it, but it held up to that pizza and helped that pizza and was just. That pizza was a close second. <laughs> it, was, mm. it was really good. All right. So my best on plate was the pizza for yours and the cookie for mine. And for you, best on plate. Or the burnt ends for you and the short ribs. So you went the meat and I went the other. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So now the cheeses weren't bad. Just no. Not, just not best on plate. No. So and all that's, right. That's one thing the listeners need to realize is that we say it's best on plate. That doesn't, we're not saying worst on plate is what we didn't pick. <laughs> right. Now, sometimes during the discussion, we never say worst, but during the discussion, you might figure out. That really wasn't that good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But our problem is we've done so many pairings. We're really not going to have a worst. 
Right. And that's, you know, we're not, we're not going to this blind. We're trying to help you guys find things that are going to work mm-hmm. well in areas for you that like, so, you know, don't think like, Oh, I don't, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to have that. Give it a try. Cause you, your palate's going to be different than ours. And it may, you may think that something we said wasn't best on plate is your best on plate. So I figured you'd have a uh, canvas back with duck. Duck is so hard to find. Right. It is extremely hard to find. And a lot of times, Cabernet can overshadow duck. I think so. Yeah. But. And the Shiraz definitely would. Uh, that's That actually, that Shiraz would be okay with duck. Mm-hmm. Because it's not. Some Shiraz can be super meaty. Like they have this like tendency of raw meat or smoked meat. Mm-hmm. Um, that one doesn't have it. So mm-hmm. I think that would actually be pretty good with some. The lighter duck dish. Okay. But anyway, talking about this duck, now I want duck, but it's time to head into the blind. All right, get so ready. Get it poured up. All right, so we got the blind poured up now, and I'm going to be using my blind tasting sheet, which was developed by a former boss of mine, Jennifer Henderickson, who is now the director of education at Domain Serene out in Oregon. So this wine is a red wine. It is clear. It is a ruby color. Goes out just to a watery meniscus, so no evidence of bricking or age. I can see right through it. I can actually read my sheet through it. Look at the legs on that baby. Yeah, there's some medium, medium tiered legs. There's no real evidence of staining in those legs. Now, on to the nose. This wine is clean. Uh, there's no real faults to it. Warmer than the other wines we've had. You can just smell that. It's got a get a little bit of kind of alcohol smell on it. And like I said, I'm a little bit congested, so I'm having a hard time with my nose today. Getting That's understandable. Some, getting some kind of red style fruit, some raspberries, some cherries, maybe even some like harder strawberries. Not really getting a whole bunch of earthiness to this. Just a little bit of just a little bit of like forest floor. A little bit of kind of like a good composty smell. Definitely red fruit all over this wine. A little bit of florality. Not a whole lot of, like I said, not a whole lot of earth or really discernible nose, discernible wood on the nose. So I'm going to go ahead and jump to the palate. All right. Ooh. Dry wine. Mm, yeah. are medium plus to high. Alcohol is medium plus. Oh, man. Acid, I'm going to say, is kind of. Kind of medium, but tannins are definitely driving the structure of this wine. Tannins are up there. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to change that tannin call to high. Whew. Compared to these other two, it's, man, that's high. Yeah. Wow, those tannins are definitely there. They're all over my teeth, all over my tongue. Acid is definitely, I'm going to say, acid is medium plus on this, though. Mm. Okay. So, there is some under earthy undertone to this that I was not getting. There is some kind of, like almost tariness to it definitely some really rich earthy compost composty flavors to it getting some of those spicy notes that you get from long exposure to oak so getting barnyard or do you just saying Mm-mm. okay not barnyard fruit is definitely red fruit still but it's definitely tending more toward kind of being cooked so we're still getting that kind of rich Super rich strawberry flavor, almost like cooked strawberries, 
cooked raspberries. There's a little bit of dirt. Yeah, some little bit of dirt on it. Definitely some flowers, some violets, and they're almost tending to be more desiccated. Or even some, maybe some rose on it. Ah, it's a good wine. I want to drink. I want to just drink it. I don't even want to think about it anymore. It's delicious. Okay, that's done. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. So it's got some, like I said, it's got some of that earthiness. It's got some of the red fruit. It's got some of that violetness to it. I'm going to go ahead and jump to my initial conclusion. I think this is an old world wine based on the structure mm-hmm. with all those tannins and everything to it. Mm-hmm. I think it is, I think it could be flavor wise. It could be Pinot Noir. It could be Grenache. It could be, could possibly be Syrah, but it could also be Nebbiolo. So a little bit thinner skin grape because it's uh, some of that color, color kind of shows that. So I'm actually going to throw out Syrah. So it's on the thinner side, so Grenache, Nebbiolo, Pinot Noir, maybe even Sangiovese. So possible countries in the old world, we're looking at Spain, France, or Italy. Okay. Pretty pretty young vintage. Things are things are still not kind of harmonizing together yet. So I think it's kind of youthful. This is a Bordeaux. I'm going to scream at you off air, by the way. Uh, I'll just <laughs> it's I'll, not a Bordeaux. I'll just give you a hint. It's not a Bordeaux. <laughs> okay, good. So but you might think of some anyway. It's not a Bordeaux. Okay. So I think So if it's not a Bordeaux Which it better not have been. It's not. So I think I think it's a Nebbiolo based wine. I think it's from northern Italy. I think it is a take a sip. Take another sip. Be careful. Well, with that comment, now I want to say it's not from Northern Italy. Anyway, I'm going to stick with what I'm thinking. I think it's a Barbaresco. So, Nebbiolo-based Barbaresco, 2017 vintage. So, Northern Italy, Nebbiolo-based from Barbaresco. And you'll have to come back next week to find out if I am right or if, once again, I am wrong when it comes to... So, you said, oh, world. Yes. Italy. Correct. Barbaresco? No, not Barbaresco. Yes, but sorry, Barbaresco. Yes. (laughs) Yes, Barbaresco. If it's Italy, could it be a a, uh, Chianti? So, not based on what I tasted. It could be. Now, like I said, now you're making me want to say that it's a San Diego based and it's from Tuscany and it's it's Chianti. All right. (laughs) There you have it. Why not? So basically, Dad just told me I was wrong that it's not a Barolo or no, it's not I, a Barbaresco. I just gave you a hint. <laughs> okay, so you'll have to come back next week to figure, so figure out which guess was correct. So, uh, Old World, Italy. Yes. Did you say Chianti? <laughs> I'm saying Chianti now. Okay. So Sangiovese based, not. Syrah based, or not uh, Nebbiolo based. So from 2017. So come back next week (laughs) to find out if I was correct or not. Or uh, if I threw him a (laughs) wet ball (laughs) curveball. And so next week we're going to be doing beer. Dad, what are we going to be doing next week? Hefeweizens. All right. What Hefeweizen are you going to be doing? Well, I hope I can find it. Welterberger 
Kloster Hefverweisen from Germany. Okay. So I'm also going to be doing a German Hefeweizen. That's that's the way to go. And I'm going to be doing the Hefeweizen from the Hofbrauhaus. The what? Hofbrauhaus. Hofbrauhaus. All yeah. right. So it's going to be, I'm going to be doing their, their Hefeweizen. You know, if we record outside, these Hefeweizens are going to taste really nice. I don't know. Hopefully it'll be cool. Hopefully it'll start to cool off. Well, Marie's coming again, so I hope so. So is Marie? We might uh might have Marie jump on with us next week. Is that what well, you're saying? Well, it's a possibility, but I don't know. I you know I haven't really talked to her about it. We'd have to record on a not on a Sunday. Yeah, because she's leaving out for oh, Africa. What the huh? on Sunday? So. What? It's, anyway, it's crazy. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing the Hefeweizen from Hofbra, Hofbra House, Hofbra House, yeah, H A U S House, House. So we we want to thank you guys for being with us again this week. We'd love to have you guys follow us um, on all the socials. We are on all the social media or on most of the social medias out there: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are most active on Instagram. Give us a like or a follow, whatever your favorite podcast platform does. Give us a rating. We'd love to see those ratings come through, especially if you add a review in there. It helps us to kind of get our exposure up and be more seen and out there. And I'm going to be trying to do more on Instagram when it comes to prepping my pairings for you guys to kind of see what it takes to get some of these pairings on the plate and kind of my thought process through it. And, you know, as always, if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. We love having you guys on with us. And so it's just been a great episode, hasn't it, Dad? It really has. We love wine, don't we? Oh, yeah. Wine, to me, wine makes the best. Well, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.